Hey fam, God bless you. We are back. We are back in part two of this uh, for the two part series. I guess we're gonna call it a series. I'm trying to, you know, everybody calls things series now, series. so we're in a series. Um, I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being back. Before we get started, like every good YouTuber, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you can know uh, when we put out a new episode. We have so many new guests coming within the next few weeks, and we're going to wrap up uh, part two with Dennis, because he is back. He's hey. here again. Wonderful. It's Wonderful. almost as if I'd never left. It's almost as if you never <laughs> left. Man, that's so good. That's so good. Praise God. Praise God. Production. Uh, things <laughs> magic yeah. magic i'm so man i'm so i'm so excited for this topic i want to get right into it if you haven't caught last week's episode go ahead and check that out um that was a great conversation we were just flowing last right? week we were really flowing yeah it really, really was it, i could have talked about it for like another two hours i could have too yeah i could have too yeah um but i saw the 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 signals from from misa letting us know the time <laughs> letting us know the time um so today we're gonna get into a topic and i know everybody says oh things that aren't talked about in the church but but this is like so oh, i'm so passionate yeah. about this i'm so i love this shout out to you guys that are also on apple uh podcast and spotify shout out to you guys um as well go ahead and and well i mean if you're listening there because you've added it share it with a friend so i'm so happy that um that you guys are here as Oh, well, so today, today we are going to be talking about racism within the body of Christ and just as a society and how we deal with those things. I guess more specifically within the Hispanic yeah. Pentecostal Church, because that's what we grew up in. That's where a lot of our audience uh, uh, is in and grew up in as well. Um, so and, and this is something that's so I'm passionate about. Facts. I'm passionate about this. Um, I think I think the church should have a much like should have a greater presence in these especially the latino church in these types of topics as well yeah but hey here's dennis hi <laughs> no I, I think we talked about this a lot especially yeah. during 2020 and mm -hmm. 2021 where yeah. uh the world was really chaotic and um race really took a a, a center stage once yeah. again uh yeah. we found uh black people specifically and people of color uh sort of trying to fight again for for their rights and yeah. and really just their ability to live in this world that mm. that that folks tend to take for granted uh and i agree with you i think the church needs to take not just a better role i think it needs to take a central role yeah. in conversations of race mm -hmm. uh because i think that we, particularly in the Spanish Pentecostal church, we tried to emulate the American church a lot. Yeah. Uh, like a, a lot of our practices and our styles and our format come from the traditional uh, 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 church in mm -hmm. America. And, and uh, you know, God is a God of nations, not just the oh, God yes. of America. Oh, yes. And that's that's good. Um, Let's jump right into it. Like, forget the intros. Let's go yeah, right yeah. into it, man. Yeah, yeah. What you said right there uh, was so important because I think that's a great place to start before we branch off into the rest. God is a God of nations. Yes. And I think in the Latino church, what I witnessed growing up was a lot of times there's this tendency, even though they don't openly say it, mm. there is this tendency to act as if only Latin, Latino Pentecostals are the ones going to heaven. Uh. Say that one more time. They they act as if Latino Pentecostals are the only one going to heaven, yes. and specifically of that denomination and that. Uh, we can uh, say uh, Puerto yeah. Ricans and Dominicans. Puerto Ricans and we Dominicans. We can say that. We can say that yes. heaven is going to be filled with Puerto, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. That's all. And and you know what though? I so I grew up. A lot of people don't know. I grew up going to church with Central Americans. Oh. My whole life, like as a kid and teen, like there was like. There were some churches me I went to that was for Dominicans. All the time. <laughs> I'm talking about the Jubilo songs, the cumbias. Yeah, like yeah, I've heard yeah. play all of that. So it was a lot of Hondurans, Salvadorans, and Mexicans. And the same is true for those cultures as well. Wow. They act as if the the Latino, uh, Hispanic Christians, Pentecostals specifically, are the ones going to heaven. And I noticed this because I'm a black kid in a church full of Latinos, and I'm like, I didn't always feel represented. Right. I didn't, I felt like, uh, hello, there's more people. And you know where I started to notice this? When African Americans and white people would come to my church mm. and they wouldn't translate because oh, wow. they just didn't, 
And I will go to, hey, there's a visitor here that doesn't speak English. Would you like to translate? And the leadership would be like, no, no, no. And I was like, but they need to hear the gospel. Ah, and you know what's funny? There was a, a in the South at the, at the kind of early revival of the church yeah. in the South, they would do exclusionary practices in the American mm. churches to keep it white. Wow. So this uh, behavior of, no, we don't want to translate to another language because we want to kind of keep it within the same culture yeah. is actually learned behavior wow. from what people experience in the American yes. church, right? Yes. Because they couldn't carve out a space for me in these churches, then I'm not going to carve out a space for them wow. um, in our churches. Wow. So it's really colonialism just yes. in a different way. Yes. It's just the effects of colonialism. And I grew up in the South. And so ah, isn't it crazy? Mm -hmm. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Isn't it crazy how the oppressed often begin to emulate the oppressor? Ah, living like, out our traumas by yes, our oppressors. Living out our traumas. We then take on these practices of being exclusionary when others were exclusionary to us. When the community that I grew up in, it's a lot of people coming um, across the border. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in my church were undocumented. Right. They didn't have. They they were not uh, 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 American citizens, and though, so they would then feel rejected by you know society in this culture, and then, but then they would turn around and do the same as it pertained to the church. Mm. So yeah, but if you're not Hispanic, we don't even want you visiting. Like, don't come here. And and there was a lot of shots thrown out of their cultures from the altar, mm. and because and and it's just literally emulating the oppressors, and so. It was crazy for me growing up. So as all of you know, because I say this all the time, my mom is Dominican, but my dad is African. My dad is from Kenya. That's where Ogutu comes from and all of that good stuff. And um, so I, for a long time, because of that exclusionary type of culture, I sort of rejected my black side. Mm. Aside from the fact that, you know, my parents, the issues that they had and they had separated and all of that stuff and domestic violence and stuff like that. So I had sort of like kind of disconnected from my black side and I had identified as only as a Dominican and as a Latino. But as that began to change in me, as I got, you know, had made more black friends in school and learned and became more exposed and experienced the things that young black boys experience in society, mm -hmm. I felt underrepresented by my church. I felt like my church didn't get it. I felt like my church didn't care about me. Right. Uh, being in that kind of environment. And so... Um, I remember times where my leadership and my pastors would make jokes about black people, mm. about how like we jump like monkeys and stuff, mm -hmm. and how we're like ghetto. Yeah. And I would be sitting in my church like, you can't say those things. No. Like, it's one thing you shouldn't be feeling those things. You shouldn't believe those things. But let alone say don't it. Say like, that don't say it. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sitting right here and I'm like, there's like, what if another black person, like in a way I get it because I grew up here. I, I'm not, I'm shocked, but like a person who stepped in here for the first time. And if you were to translate that, like what is happening? Yeah. And I think it's because people know how to uh, be a church member, but they don't know how to be a body of Christ. Come on now. They know how to build a church community. Yes. But they don't know how to interact with the body of Christ. Yes, yes. And I think that that is what's missing now. Not while we were growing up. I think now yeah. still churches don't know how to act when other cultures. That's why the new generation is so much more, I think, united and yes. has reached across the aisle, for lack of a better word, and has now intermingled with with other folks in, in other denominations and, yeah. and other walks of life and even other races because that's what we saw in schools. That's what we mm -hmm. saw in our mm -hmm. environment. And it was so normal that when we bring our friends that aren't that like I grew up in a Puerto Rican church mostly and when we bring our my 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 brother brought a, 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 a friend from school who is trans oh wow yeah uh, because they felt like the church was exclusionary and my mm -hmm. brother was like nah pull up on, my church yeah. is not like that yeah. come on and pull up yeah. and we'll I'll teach you something new yeah. and it was funny because the older folk in, in our church 
uh, at first were like, we don't know how to interact <laughs> with this person. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother was like, just talk to her, just talk to her. Just and I'd be right. like, just talk to her, it's fine, you know? And and it was, and it's this culture shock because yes. our new generation is so exposed to being able to talk to anyone about anything that, you know, I think it's it's important that we learn how to be a body of Christ and not just a church. But you know what's important, what's crazy is that also the thing, the problem that we're having is like, so yes, we need to learn, like the, the oh my God, what was my thought, what was I thought, what was I thought? I'm so mad that I'm losing my Learn the body of Christ. Learn the body of Christ, but like when your brother brought the, yes, okay, boom, yes. The thing is like there's a tendency to these different cultures or different peoples, whatever your identity is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And pay attention to what we're saying here, right? Mm -hmm. We are, pay attention to what we're saying. We, we don't misconstrue this for something else. We're, we should not be a body of Christ that says, oh, don't bring them here. This is where they're supposed to come. If you identify as trans, please come to my church and hear the truth, hear the gospel. See that we love on you. We don't have to agree or support your train of thought or what you're doing, but there's love here. There is compassion and there is truth for you. Right. Right. And so I think that is something that happens because there is this uh, like tendency to. So you said something that I really liked. They know they know how to be members of the church. Right. But they don't know how to be members of the body of Christ. I'll take it even further. I think. We know how to be, they know how to be members of the church, but don't know how to be members of society. Yes. And so when, what people don't realize is the government may call for a separation of church and state, but us as believers, we should not only be Christians or, or believers in the church. No, we should spill into society. Yes. We should know how to be productive members of society that are believers. Yes. Right. And so when we don't, when we have a disconnect that's where that racism starts to creep in because we don't know how it is to be a productive member of society. As people in America especially that live in these diverse places, it is ridiculous for us to think that only our culture is the one that's gonna, that is saved. Our culture needs to hear the gospel. Like, no, there are so many other cultures. Jesus came and died for everyone. 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 And that's always been like when I go preach places and, and there's clearly – People that don't speak Spanish in, in the in the Navi, mm-hmm. or there's a service outside. This used to get me really mad. I was a member of a church once that would do their services outdoors, but they would do their services in Spanish. But that church was smack in the middle of a Jamaican community. Yeah. Like everyone was Jamaican in that community. And I was like, what are you doing outside for if you're not gonna translate it in a language that the people can hear? You're not finding anything. You're not like go back inside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was because there get, was this. You're just getting hot. You're just getting like it's hot. hot outside. Exactly. Bring and me back there, was, there was this disconnect to where it's like, yeah, no, because we're not, we don't really care about those cultures when that's not Jesus-like. No, it's narcissistic. It's narcissistic. To think that God, to think that Jesus only died for you and your kind. Yes. It's cr- it is crazy Col- narcissistic. Col- colonialism. It's colonialism. <laughs> it really, like it hit me before, but yeah. it just hit me like, for you and your kind. What was crazy is, oh my God, like they're in, 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 the, in the South, yeah. Back during the, you know, in in during slavery and during like uh uh uh, 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 uh not apartheid but yeah, apartheid yeah, apartheid yeah. but um 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 segregation yes. there was this like the the the, the white church felt like it's our kind we are the chosen yes. ones of God it's you have to be like our kind God favors our kind and if you're not us then you are less than yes and how could we adopt that mentality as a church you know there's so many things going in society when all of that craziness was happening in 2020. Um, which it seems to come in waves, like because it, it happened when I was in college too. Yes, when a couple, like a bunch of black people were getting killed by police. That we had a whole protest at my school. There was a whole thing. It got quiet for a couple years. Twenty twenty, it came up again. It gets quiet for a couple years. It keeps coming back. So, but in twenty twenty specifically, I was like, why is the church so quiet? Yes. Like, why isn't like why aren't we speaking up on these kind of things? Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you angry? That innocent black people are being killed. Absolutely. Why aren't you? Why why don't you have remorse? Like you, they cry about the craziest things. The cra- like you cry because your SNAP benefits were cut because you didn't sign a piece of paper. <laughs> but you can't cry over a human being. It's so losing true. their life unfairly. It's so true. It's narcissistic to think that that. And I learned a crazy I, I learned this crazy fact back when um uh, uh Jim the, back in the Jim Crow era. Yeah. Right where there was this uh, fake image of freedom for for black folks, they actually were being given Bibles that removed Exodus. 
yes. that didn't have exodus in them yes. because they did not want them to learn about the uproar and, and to learn Absolutely. about freedom this is what from slave, your oppressor. This is what slave masters would do. So crazy to think about that they knew that the Bible was so powerful and empowering enough to make you realize that nobody should have authority over you, mm-hmm. you know, with the exception of God, that they actually removed it so that people of color, so black people wouldn't have access to that type of knowledge. Yes, absolutely. To be able to say, no, 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 you are not my master. My master is the Come one on. that sits on the throne. And he can free me from you. And this is what, and, and let's, let's, let's tap into the, the spirit here. This is what the devil will do to you. Yes! The devil will hide these truths from you because oh, he knows if you no, know. No, 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 no. You know how la lingua Don't, don't, do, no, don't no, do, no. That. Don't, yeah. don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't, listen. The devil will hide the truth from you because he knows if you know this truth, this truth is power. Yes. So this is what he'll do. He'll hide the truth from you and so that you cannot know it, so that you cannot understand, hold on, there is freedom from this. This is not my identity. This is what God says about me, but he'll hide that truth from you. So he is now not only that we bring it back into the racism, he'll hide the truth from the people. He has called us to be a united people. He has called us to be in the Bible. The man of God and the woman of God was always at the forefront of a movement. Yes. They were at the forefront of the movement. The prophet, God would give the prophet the word. The prophet would then go, hey, come on. The prophet would then go speak to kingdom. Yes. To the kingdoms. Yes. So why are we, the prophets, not going and speaking to legislature? No. Speaking to the office, to the to the to the executive branch. It is our job, but people want to stay quiet. But you want to say a million things about the Pfizer vaccine and all this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You want to preach entire sermons about whether about or not you should get the, the, the mark of the like, beast and the vaccine. Let me tell you, if you're still confused, come on. If you think you are going to be here on earth for the mark of the beast, it, I have a I have <laughs> a a very sad statement to tell you. The trumpets have sounded. Come and on. You stayed if yes. you think that you are going to have an option. But the thing is, is Read that we Bible. criticize our young people for sharing this on Instagram or sharing this post on Facebook, talking yeah. about you're being exclusionary. You're bringing politics into the church yeah. when the Lord calls us out to be leaders of our community. To and do what that. do you think that is called? You have to be an effective political leader in order to be a good yes. uh, a, a minister, a, a good leader. You have to understand Absolutely. the current politics that you are surrounded by. The reason why, aside from, yes, it's the sign of the end times and it has yes. to happen biblically. The, aside from that, let's put that aside. The reason why this world has gone in such a direction it has gone is because the church has been removed from these pub, from these like political standpoints. We've quieted ourselves. We've let people quiet us. And if you notice, and I say this with so much love and respect because I have people that are part of that community. But when the LGBTQ community speaks, the government shakes. Yes. The government shakes and the government will move in, in, in order to, to uh, uh, stand by the LGBTQ community. Yeah. When it comes to the church, that's not the same. No. But the church is quiet now in moments where you should speak, like where you should speak up because we've let that now shape us. And so this is what God has called us to do, to be at the forefront of these movements. But we don't understand. The Bible says, Mi pueblo perece por falta de conocimiento. Because we don't know and we don't want to know, mm-hmm. right? And during, during 2020, like at my church, I had to, the church that I was congregating at the time, I had to go up there mm-hmm. and I had to educate my church. Because there was so many things being said from the altar that I was like, you guys don't understand what's happening right now. Mm-mm. Like, I had to tell my church, and I literally remember I stood on the altar, I said, guys, um, I want to remind you that I am black. You have you congregate with a black tr- with a black man. This like, affects me. This is like, I'm, I, I used to say, I'm like, I'm blacker than black. I'm from the motherland. My father's African. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what I used to Straight say. from the source. Straight from the source. <laughs> I would tell them there are certain things Plucked that you guys have to lab. understand. Yes, there's, there's, I was like, yes, there's rioting going on mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. I was like, but you're missing the point right but now. But when the Eagles won, they destroyed half the they city. They destroyed half the city. But we have nothing to say about that. And nothing was said. Nothing, 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 nothing. And when the what, Celtics lose. You see what I'm saying? What happens in Boston? And so this right. is what I'm telling people. I was like, listen, no. Even though the Celtics will not lose this time. I don't just, know. I don't know saying. about that. I don't know. I don't just know. Declaring about that right that. now. I I will. I have some friends that are diehard Celtics fans that I will rejoice. Back to racism. But yes, back to racism. Back to racism. Um, when 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 this was happening, I was like, listen, like you're missing the point here. Like, okay, fine. You want to get caught up on not destroying property, and you have so much to say. Mm-hmm. But where were you when an innocent boy was shot because they thought what he had was a gun and it was a cell phone? Where were you when in North Carolina, um, 
a, a mentally ill man had a book in his hand and they shot him inside of his yes. car because they thought it was a gun. So what? Like, what? Why are we not understanding? Like, no, this is you have to. Uh, and these people are ghetto and they're going to get. I'm like, you don't understand what it is to be black. Yeah. And you don't understand what it is to go into a store and to be followed because they're going to assume that you're Correct. stealing. You don't know what it is to get pulled over by. I went into uh, these are these are some experiences that I've had. I went into a store here in Hartford. I went into a store. I, I was craving something. It was late at night. I said, like, let me get some snacks. The store clerk followed me and was peeking around the, the edge of the aisle to see if I was stealing. And I'm just looking at him. And I keep going. And I'm going around. And he's still following me. And I look at him like, sir, I can afford a Reese's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not here to steal from you. Yeah. God is my witness. After calling him out, a white man that was next to me took a piece of candy, put it in his jacket, and left. Right. And I was like, you're looking at the wrong person because yes. I'm black. I've been pulled over by police, and he searched me first mm. to see if I had anything. Mm. And then I was like, okay, are you going to tell me now why you pulled me over? Made up some crazy excuse. Oh, you know, it's just the trucks. I didn't want them to, to, to hit you. You got to watch your speed. I was like, I was going the right speed. You just didn't find anything on me, so now you got to make an excuse. Right. I was here, and I was in Connecticut going to Springfield to play ball, and we got pulled over. And the cop was like, um... Where's your uh, license? I was like, oh, we changed. It's in my pants in the trunk. I'll go get it. When I get out and I'm walking to my trunk, the cop looks at me and goes, you're not going to pull out a machine gun and shoot me, are you? I was like, what? I was like, now I don't want to get my pants. I was like, you get my pants. Right. Because if you're already assuming that I have a machine gun in my trunk and then I'm going to pull it out and shoot you. Yeah. Also, you, you don't have a career in comedy. Like, exactly. Like, it wasn't like, funny. Like, it wasn't. I'm like, you just made me so uncomfortable. Yes. And so I now had to, like, he was like, no, you get it. I was like, I'm not, I was like, look, I'm picking up. I started narrating everything I was doing. Yes. I picked up my pants with, my, with two fingers because I wasn't, like, these are things that you've never experienced. So now you just assume every black guy is ghetto, and but you're not understanding. And as a church, you should be at the forefront of this. At, as a church, and not only that, not just as black struggle, anyone who is oppressed, anyone, you should be that voice. Jesus was a voice for the people who didn't have one, right. have a voice. Yes. And and this is what he's called us to do. So I'm telling them, you guys have to understand, like, the church should have an opinion. You should be speaking up. What does God say we should do in a time like this? What is Jesus like for a time like this? The systemic oppression, people that don't have opportunities. You complain about people being ghetto and living in the ghetto. Well, quite a few years ago when the red lines were drawn ah. and people were getting loans ah. for houses and denied loans for houses, that, that stopped a lot of people from getting generational wealth. So now they and don't afford mobility. And exactly. And so now they cannot get these uh, have these access to income or these assets that other people have. So they can only live in these low-income places so you have people like you have uh, uh communities where predominantly puerto ricans and dominicans and hispanics live that are these poor communities that have extra policing and it's like what are we what is what is happening no and then it's just the the hypocrisy yes of you want to fire your dunkin donuts worker because they messed up your coffee yeah but when you are when we're hypercritical of our, a police officer who is clearly ill-equipped to do their job yes. and we're calling them to just face the consequences of yes. their actual actions yeah. we're like let's extend grace and we're like oh you weren't very graceful when you were like mentioning somebody's mama absolutely because they gave you a caramel macchiato with oat milk instead of you know coconut exactly. milk like and, and it's like this hypocrisy of like we can be outraged about so many things yeah. but we can't be outraged about injustice right. when the bible says in isaiah that we have to be the ones to call out injustice absolutely we have to be the ones that have to sit in the middle and sit in the gap absolutely. and really speak for those that can't speak for themselves and it's like we uh, want to be so self-righteous that we forget to we, we 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 don't realize that silence is as deafening as screaming oh my god Yes. The church's silence is so loud and all it's saying is I do not care as long as it's not happening in my backyard. Absolutely. And I think it's I think that's where a lot this this is something that that hurts me a lot because this happens across the board. That is a, the church has a problem with being silent and there are a lot of mm -hmm. people that have been complaining about the silence of the church for so long. Mm -hmm. Because there is a tendency in the church to stay quiet about certain issues and other people are paying the price. And now what happens is when the church stays silent, you now damage people's hearts against not just the mm. church, but against God. Yes. Because you're a representative of God. Absolutely. You know how many people have told me, oh, I just don't, I can't serve God because 
this happened to me in the church and they said nothing. They did nothing. And I told my leadership and they did nothing. They didn't show up for me. And this is what happens. Why? You know how many churches are in impoverished communities that are in minority communities? And where are you with these struggles that these minorities are facing? Also, we don't... We don't see the clear uh, racism that led to 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 like Spanish and black churches remaining small. Yeah. Wow. Remaining small and remaining community or family churches because we attributed mega churches or we've attributed growth in churches to the white American standard. Yes. And because to us that's contaminated and to us it's Mm -hmm. not real gospel and to us it's not good. We're so self-righteous that we actually limit the growth that the Lord wants to bring to your churches by saying, no, that's not how it's done. And it's like that was the excuse to continue with racism. This 100%. is what has been done before. 100%. And we don't see that in front of our eyes. There used to be this this thing that happened in the South where it's called the family pew. Mm. And it's such a, 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 a an expression that we even use it. Yeah. Esta la, la banca de mi familia, right? This yeah. is our family pew. And it was because the, the uh, white American churches started to realize that black people were moving into their communities. Latinos were moving into their communities. So they started attaching families' tithes to their bancas. to their pews so they would say this is the johnston family pew and they would have a little plaques on the side you can look it up it's crazy they would have plaques plaques you've seen those plaques on pews on pews that will say the family's names because they have purchased these pews so if i was a visitor of that church i couldn't sit in that pew Mm. because that's the Johnson family pew right so what would happen if a church grew to its capacity now there's no seats Mm. Now I'm actually being left out of the church. Yeah, and 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 we we don't see how that's that's trickled in. It is. It has. It has. And it is. It has this. It's just this spirit of seclusion. Like if you. So, <laughs> this is what's like. This is what's crazy. Like like you said, we talk about these churches. Like oh, the white church and the black church, and mm-hmm. there's so many like top ah, down and like that's oh, good. That's yeah, good. Like oh, that's the white church. That's the black church, and with the Hispanic church, and and they, you know, they do things that way, and they, you know, but then, like, and it's this seclusion when it's like you forget that we are all one body of Christ. Ah. You forget that like there, there in God's eyes, there is no white church, black church. There is the bride, the bride, right? And so, but the, we let these things trickle over, and like you said, now because we have attributed certain things to. Oh, that's the white. That's you know how many times I've been in church. Like, oh, it's all gringo. That's the white people church, yeah. or that's the black church. And I'm like, well, have you ever asked yourself, like you said, why a lot of our Latino Pentecostal churches are some hole in the wall on a street corner? Not that there's anything wrong that, with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. Okay, but but make there's the point. But the point that I'm trying to make is there's all of these churches are so small, and they've been that way generationally, and there's no growth. Yeah, and there's no growth because you're not. That you refuse to connect with community, yes, because they don't look like you, they don't Correct. dress like you, they don't sound like you. Yes. You refuse to connect with community. You refuse to to you have labeled, like you said, certain aspects of growth and things that work as that's their culture, that's, that's what their. they do. And so God has not called us to be this way. God has not called us to be this way. There was a church that wanted to commune with my church, but they didn't because they were, you know, mm-hmm. they were a Jamaican church. Like my uh, another church I congregated at, not the one I'm with now. And so it's just so it's so it's it's just so saddening that these things are happening when it shouldn't be this way. You said something uh, earlier that I wanted you to to get into. Ah, yes. okay. here's and and this will kind of segue into the point. I know you'll catch it when I say this. So there's (laughs) so much like and it's selective racism. And I'll ah, tell you why. Yeah, it's selective yeah. race. para lo que conviene. Exacto. Because here's here's something I'll say. I love to like I love to dance. Mm-hmm. Culturally, I love to dance. I love to move. I've always loved to dance. In the Latino Pentecostal church growing up, my church told me you can't dance. That's mm-hmm. not good. It's bad. It's a sin. I'm not talking about like the sexual grinding stuff. Gotcha, like, gotcha. Right? Yeah. You're so, not twerking. Right, right. We're not twerking. No. Firm foundation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so this is and, and this is what they would say to me. You can't do that. But then I would see those same ministers and leaders go to Africa. Yeah. And the community they were at, they were like this with the community. And I'm like, what are you what are you 
like what's happening here? Yeah. Over here, you're like, no, we don't really rock with black churches, but you want to go to Africa and you want to feed kids and you want to document it and you want to post ah. it so everybody can see everything you're doing, but you've done nothing for your community. Right. I, I can't, I don't, I cannot respect a church that loves to go overseas yes. and post it for everyone yes. to see, but you've done nothing in your community. You have not been at any of the rallies. You have not stood with any of the oppressed people in your community. Yes. You haven't fed anybody. You haven't told anybody Jesus yes. loves them, the people that are that are marginalized. You refuse to commune with other, with other races in your community, but you want to go overseas and you want to post everything that you do and you want to, uh, and you want to spread your view, not the gospel. You want to spread your church view. You want to copy and paste. There you go. You are a hole in the wall. Yes. Small church into Dominican Republic. <laughs> and then I can't believe in a church's missions department that has never done missions in their community. No. no. You don't know. You, you, you don't get it. You don't, you get, don't it. get it. And and this is, again, the there is a form of colonialism when we want to bring the gospel overseas to look like exactly the way that we do Mm -hmm. and we start to uh and and we and we've seen it we we've seen uh and i'll 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 speak from my vantage point we've Mm -hmm. seen uh a puerto rican evangelist go over to dominican republic or go over to mexico or go over to central america and start to preach uh, the, the and expect the churches to adapt the same way that Puerto Ricans serve yeah. God with that same intensity with the yeah. with the shouting with the yelling which you know I for those that know me personally know that I'm a shouter and a yeller mm-hmm. and that's how I minister and that's I'm super proud of but then when we look at the Central American church and they're so solemn Yes. And they're so still and they and they they worship God with this this peace. And there's yeah. this there's this uh, a beautiful like stillness to the to their worship. Yeah. And we say, oh, God's not there. Right. Because it, it doesn't look like how I did it. Right. And it doesn't look like how I worship him. Yeah. And what we're not doing is we're not seeing the internalized racism, because at one point, the white American church looked at the Spanish Pentecostal church and called yeah. you emotional. Absolutely. Absolutely. And said you were disorganized. And it's 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 and said that God was not, not there. there. <laughs> Again, and being turning into our oppressors. Yeah. It's not what God has called us to do. As a church, we should be we should be speaking about these difficult issues. We should be standing with the oppressed. Yeah. Not not standing with and, and not standing with delusion or violence or hate. Standing with the oppressed f- with truth. Always bring the truth of Jesus Christ because Jesus stood with the oppressed. People that were like, when when the woman came and, and was at the feet of Jesus washing mm. his feet, they said if he knew who she was, yeah. he wouldn't let her do that. And so this is what God has called us to do. Stand with the oppressed people no matter what people are saying about them. The church is supposed to be a safe place. There was this one thing that it doesn't exist anymore. I believe it existed at one point. Where if you were being persecuted or if someone was chasing, you could go into a church and claim sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. And they couldn't touch you. Yeah. Until you came out of there. Yes. Yeah. And and why and I don't think that the that on many occasions the church has not provided that unless no. you look like them. Ah. And and act like that. And it comes from insecurity. Yes. Because I can be effective to the people of my own culture. Mm. But when I now have to be effective in another yeah. person's culture, yeah. it's going to hit my ego when 100%. I realize that I'm not as prepared for ministry as I thought I was. There you go. Because I can, uh, you know, get a bunch of rowdy Puerto Ricans even more rowdy with my rowdy worship. Mm-hmm. But can I be as effective yes. with uh, uh, white folks that actually really love stillness and yeah. are just CCMing and have an yeah. acoustic guitar? Can you actually have the flow of God and the move of God work that same way because what it really is doing to a lot of these pastors uh and and I can and I can I can speak to that because you know (laughs) my mom is a pastor and she would give me permission to talk about pastors (laughs) uh but no no what what speaks to some pastors is that they realize that they're ill-equipped to serve yes uh uh uh, folks that are not of their community Mm -hmm. and it's okay for you to have that realization but just do something about it right you're not as connected as you thought you were 
because yeah. I can go into a Puerto Rican church. And because, because like I said, I grew up with Central Americans mm -hmm. and I preach even to this day in a lot of Central American churches. And so it's one thing to go into a Puerto Rican or Dominican church and everybody's all yeah. rambunctious and everybody's out. But then when you go to those churches that they really enjoy hearing the word, you have Esa to prove now. Exactly. <laughs> Esta gente está Do, no, maybe, they, maybe now you're forced to really show if you actually can preach. Yeah. If you actually have word. Because they're not going to jump around with just anything you say. Correct. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, everybody knows I love jumping. I love running. I'm rambunctious. I love that stuff. Yeah. But I've also learned that in a lot of that stuff, uh, 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 the point is missed. And I and you can leave empty because you're so caught up in that. Yeah. But there's these other cultures that we talk down on. We talk down. Latinos are like this. We talk down on ourselves. Absolutely. We talk down on our own people. If you're not. And I used to. Okay. So. I used to have to talk about this because a lot of I found out that a lot of Central American believers feel that we kind of spit on them and mm -hmm. kind of just, you wow. know, that we think that we're the cool Latinos, mm. that the, the Caribbeans, we're the cool Hispanics yeah. because we have all the, the spice and the culture. We have all the, 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 the famous artists and, mm. we all you know, we kind of think that we're the cool people. Yeah. And when I was growing up, when a when a when a. Puerto Rican preacher came, we thought, oh, service is going to be a little extra better today. Wow. And, and that's how it was because we're kind of just kind of, it's, it's crazy. Like it's against other cultures and then it's against like other denominations of Latinos that we yeah. kind of just, and it's not just Puerto Ricans, it's the other way around. Like, you know, a lot of Central American cultures view us as just some crazy people cool. that run around. Disorganized, you know? yeah. Exactly, disorganized. So being that, that I, to, to, to kind of bring this full circle, I do believe that the church should have a stance. Yes. And I'm tired of people saying, yo no me voy a meter en eso. I'm not going to get no, into metete. that. No, metete. Metete. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get yeah. in it. Yeah. Stand up for what's right. Have a voice in these cultural issues because it's not fair that we ask people for their tithes, but we don't stand up for them. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like a church that like I attend to, I contribute to, I, I, you know what I mean? I come here. I worship here. I have given myself to this place. But to then feel like you're not representing me in these social issues because we all go home at the end of the yes. day. We all go to our jobs at the end of the day. Yes. And these are things that we're facing. And and do people need, bro, as a young kid who was afraid of police, mm -hmm. I needed someone, a religious leader to say, hey, man. How can I support you in this in a godly manner? Absolutely. How can I be the church in your need right now? Oh, you're a kid who grew up in poverty. How can I as the church, I'm not saying that the church is going to now fix, like make everybody rich, but what are we doing to support these minorities, these young people that have nowhere to go? You know why? And this is a statistic in, in lower income communities, the main reason why a lot of young people are out on the street is because they have nowhere to go. Yes. There's, There's no nothing resources. for them to do. There's no resources. So the church, should we be making plans to provide these young people something to do? Absolutely. Yes. Grow your youth group. Give these people a place to go on a Friday night rather than going to the corner. To give them a place to come to. Hey, this is a place for you. This is somewhere that you can be. Absolutely. Because we care. We, we, we don't want you to be another statistic. We as the church have our, our hand in the community. You can know that, that. You know, back in the day, the churches were such central in certain areas, were central parts of the community where people would say, oh, yeah, that's the church. That's Pastor So-and-so. And everybody knew Pastor So-and-so because of how they were involved in the community. Oh, my kid's struggling right now. That took my kid to Pastor So-and-so and they got him involved in the church. These type of things used to happen. But where? In other culture churches not in the latino church and so so this is these are things that we should be adopting you know what you know what's crazy is that we fail to forget we fail to remember that the primitive church didn't begin in in the caribbean no it, the, the primitive church didn't begin in america no the, the primitive church didn't be, didn't exist in the way that we see it now. Yeah. The Bible actually says that they would sell their goods 
to the benefit of yes. the people that were joining. Yes. And it said that every day the, the, the folks that were meant to be saved were added to the church. Why? Because they were a hub of social services. Yes. They were doing this. And like they, they, we want the community to show up, but are we showing up for the community? Come on now. Are we showing up? For the community, like for, do, do the neighbors in your in, in where your churches do the neighbors know that your church is there? Yes. Do, do they, they know that it is a church? Do they know? There is this street in Hartford called Park Street. It is where all the drug addicts hang out. All the low. It is like the hood for Puerto Ricans and some Dominicans that live there. Yeah. There are probably upwards of ten churches on that street alone. And you think that the drug problem would be eradicated? You think? And that homelessness would be? You extinct, would think? Right? It's not. Like it's it's not it's a problem, and I've in the four or five years that I've lived in Hartford, like near that street, I've always lived there on the south side, near a couple blocks down from that street. I can count on my hand how many times I've seen a church outside on the ground, at mm -hmm. least even doing a service outside, like doing something with the community. Like glory be to God, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm making a point. I used to go over there with the speaker and stand in the corner and preach yeah. while there were four, five, six teenagers selling drugs right here next to me. Yeah. But there were of those ten plus, none of those churches were outside. None of those churches were in the community. And it's like this is this is the issue that we face because the church is not in the community, and it's so necessary to to touch your community. To not just the community, your community, mm -hmm. like because it is your community. If we look at the church now, the way the direction is going, if we look at where and I, and and I know I know we're we're getting close to closing time, I'm about to close. The direction that we're moving in, um, the church is becoming far more diverse. Yes, Ve way more diverse. Most churches that I go to now to minister have to have translation. They have to because they're especially amongst the youth. There are black, white, and Hispanic kids. Most it may, mainly like black and Hispanic, and a couple like white kids that are also now in the community now. And and so, it is your community. Like there, there are. It is a. Di we are moving in the direction of diversity. The church is becoming less exclusive population wise. Yes. So it should become less exclusive culturally. Yes. The way that you. Minister to church the way that you carry out churches. All these young people that are being uh, 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 facing like exclusion, racism. That are you know, I, I I was in the south. My school was like right smack in the middle of the hood and the kids with money. Mm. So I grew up around kids that whose parents had so much money that were going on multiple vacations a year. I, I knew what it was to feel like I used to have kids that didn't want to talk to me because I was black straight up. Like that's right. it was like that. Uh, there growing up too as a young black kid in the South, like the the white girls whose parents had money, they would talk to you on the low, but they'd never take you home. They'd never date you because their parents would never let it happen. Absolutely. And so this is these are the things that our young people are facing. Like our young guy when I go outside, people the first thing that people it doesn't matter if like I go to a church, I'm a preacher. Society doesn't see that. Mm -mm. They see there's a black guy. Yeah. And I live my life as a black man. When you go outside, they don't see Dennis, the minister, the worshiper. They see there's a Latino, there's a Puerto Rican. Yeah, or a white guy. Or a white guy. Yeah, nah. Like, I live I live very <laughs> close to my privilege and I understand that I do not face the same uh, mm -hmm. as my as my black counterparts, mm -hmm. right? Because I understand that I live in this world differently but it is my responsibility as a church leader yeah. to use this privilege and this power to be able to speak freely against those that can't do that Absolutely. right and it i think in the same way it is the church leader's responsibility to become effective so they could run a church that is diverse yes. because that is the body of christ that is the body of christ that is the body of christ yeah i i'll i'll, I'll, I'll end with this isaiah in 2021, we had an event that Isaiah did. Um, it was when he started doing those prayer and presence night services in mm. person. And we were in Holyoke. And when we used to do the services in Holyoke, I, those were, like, I used to love going to church in Holyoke. That place was smaller, but it got packed out. And one night we were there, there was Latinos, there was black kids, there was white kids. Like, mm. there was everyone there. I think we might even had, like, some, like, uh, uh, um, Asian people like of, of 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 like some countries in Asia, I don't know which one specifically. And what impacted me that day is that when he started to preach, he looked around and he said, I'm so happy that this is that we're in a place that this is what heaven looks like. Yes. Like everyone here, different cultures, different denominations were in that same room. And he's like, This is what heaven looks like. 
not just only Latinos, not just only black, not just only white. It's this. And that's what the church has to understand. We're here to impact all cultures. We're here to have a voice for everyone, whether it be African-Americans, whether it be Latinos, whether it be anyone, Asians, anyone that is being oppressed, the church should have a voice. The church should speak on it. Even if you don't, um, maybe you don't have the resources to go march on Washington. I, I don't have that. No. no, but you have a voice. You have a platform in your community. You have sermons that you can educate the people on. Let them know what is happening. Speak about these things and stand up for these people. And I guarantee that it's happening in your city, too. Absolutely. It's happening in your city. city. And you should have a voice on it. We should be careful culturally how we refer to people, the things that we're saying from the Mm -hmm. altar. I've had, I've been places where, like, like, and then, you know, it comes from, like, just what you were taught. A lot of people follow what they were taught. Mm -hmm. And, like, some of the things that are said in the altar, man, like, just about different races, about different cultures, like, the church should be an educated place or you should know how to refer to people, how to speak to people, understand that there are certain things that you think are funny. We mentioned this. I know I said I was going to close. We're about to close. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a preacher. So the whole pelo malo thing. Yes. You know how many times my sister, she has long hair now, but for years her hair would not grow. Her hair was short mm. like mine because our father is African and that she was going through some some tough changes in her hair Absolutely. it was not growing her hair was falling out by the handful and wow. people were like oh es que ella tiene el pelo malo and i'm and and growing up culturally especially in dominican afro latino cultures and 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 puerto rican afro latino they just teach you like that's normal like we just grew up saying that oh pelo malo yeah, y pelo bueno nah, they just got hair they just got hair yeah. like my i remember there was a pastor that told my sister your hair's falling out people think people <laughs> <laughs> He looked at my sister and said, your hair's falling out. People are going to think you're cutting your hair, so I can't back you when you go minister. You're just going to, you don't, don't mention this church when you go out to sing. God is my witness. This is what he said. (laughs) He said, I have to protect the testimony of the church. People think you cut your hair, so I can't back you when you go minister places. Rather than saying, oh, I have a little black girl in my church. Yeah. If anybody says anything to you, send them to me. I got you. But you see, we excuse it with protecting the church. Mm-hmm. You're not protecting the church. You're hurting, you're hurting the minority. The church. You're hurting the minority. And you're saying, no, we just got to protect the church. By being safe, you are exclusion. You're being exclusionary. Uh, if that's the, right. Exclusive. Sorry. Yeah. To to your people. You're not only hurting the minority, but you're hurting your church by teaching them these type of things, by telling them that it's OK to do this. The whole leadership was in the office and heard you say that. Mm. And now they're going to go and now do that. What you just said, they're going to live that way. Yeah. And I felt so bad because my sister is this little black. She's not doing anything. Her hair's just falling out. She does not. Her hair doesn't grow. It's dry. It's and 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 these are the kind of things that exist within the church but it's up to us yeah to educate the church and to hopefully teach them that we should be changing this i had somebody look me dead in the windows of my soul <laughs> look me straight in the eyes and tell me that we shouldn't be singing english songs for worship because god wasn't going to move the same way <laughs> that it did if we were singing in spanish <laughs> so god and i said <laughs> and i remember i looked at her straight into the wind the hollow shell of a person that they were yes and i said i want you to know that if you are concerned about god's english language learning skills <laughs> he is well versed in english well versed in english he understands way more than i know in english oh my he God. knows words that i don't even know yet right. he's gonna be fine he will be you know fine. like we can yeah. sing them both and it is this exclusionary practices yeah. or this like lack of understanding yeah. that we really don't know again back second episode where we can say is yeah. that they just don't know god they just don't know they god. know god they don't know god and i i hope that this has been and i feel to be honest with you i feel like we could keep going yes there's more that we could say we're but gonna do a part three next yeah season. yeah yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure <laughs> out something about doing a part three because there's more that we could say about this but um if there's anything you could take from here like you know be like jesus be a voice for the oppressed be a voice for those people that don't have one understand that church is not full of just one denomination and one color and one race the heaven sorry is not full of all these things like Heaven is full of everyone. Yes. The salvation is for everyone. 
you know, the gospel is for everybody, not just one group of people. And so when you focus on that and you remember that Jesus didn't just die for my 45 people in my Latino Pentecostal church that sees guerra songs and we know like he died for everybody. Yes. Like he, he understands English. He understands Spanish, Chinese, uh, uh, any language, Mandarin, whatever. Creole. Creole. He is here for everyone. He loves everyone. And as he was a voice for the, the oppressed and the forgotten, we should be the same. Uh, stand and Jesus up. Jesus would be and considered a minority right Jesus now. Jesus would be in, considered a minority. In this American climate. Absolutely. He would be considered a minority. Yeah. And it's so important to understand that. Um, it's so important to understand that, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the church is supposed to be here for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Speak up, right? So whenever you see something like this happening, speak up for these minorities. Be a place that is for um, everyone. You know, educate people um, on what you've had to learn and you've had to experience. And show people grace, right? Some people just don't know. Give them the opportunity to teach them and, and, and you know, we'll continue to have these conversations. I think having, I know every podcast says that, but having these conversations matters within our realm of influence and the people who watch it. So God bless you. Please share this with somebody yeah. uh, 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 so that we can, um, you know, get the word out there and continue to have these conversations. God bless you to my brother, uh, Dennis. I'm Thank so you happy man, that you, you were able to be here, man. I, I loved this conversation. Yeah. Believe me that I did. I love, I've always loved talking to you. I tell people this all the time. That I love talking to Dennis. Um, follow Dennis on all his socials. Yeah. Uh, um, if, if we can, I know he sometimes puts the, we'll put his, his username at the bottom, um, and see everything he's got going. He's got so many events, so many music, Yeah, I, I just want to plug one thing. Go, go. Everything. One, well, two things, actually. New yeah. music is coming, is getting edited, so that'll be coming out soon. Oh, wait, we're that far, far along we're, in the process? We're that far along in the wow. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I filmed something, uh, in December. Oh So God. we're, 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 we're getting ready to launch soon. And then, uh, Sheltered Podcast. Yes. Uh, with Kaylee Pozo and Michaela Garcia, who are wow. my beautiful co-hosts. And we're so excited. By the time this drops, we should already have our first episode. So go check it out. Yes, please uh, do. At Sheltered uh, Podcast. Uh, no vowels because we don't need them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, follow me on my socials at, at underscore Danito. Um, but I just want to say thank you for having me. Amen, bro. Um, it's always a pleasure when we get to talk. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we could just have these conversations that we have all the time except yeah. in front of like cameras and lights and, and lights and, like, and, and, and microphones and yeah. people and intimi some intimidating things but we have this <laughs> conversation and I'm so happy and I know it's not going to be the last time I got to have you back I got to have you back because I just think you have so much insight to give but please go follow their podcast I'm not one of those ministers that's like well I can't plug your stuff like everyone like Let's all do this. Yeah. I get so excited when people create and work. So, and I feel in the spirit a collaboration between sheltered. Oh, it's happening. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that 100%. happening at one 100%. point. You know what I mean? Like, no, no. Like, there's people that there's people that get it, and I love connecting with people that get it. Amen. So, believe me, that's happening. God willing, that's happening. So, God bless you guys. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Um, after this, we're gonna have Nelson coming through from Woo. New York. Nelson J for the Val Podcast. Super great insight. I love that guy. And then we're gonna have Karen which I know I'm so excited for Karen to be here. And after that, we're going to finish off with Dorka with our list of guests. We have ah. Dorka coming. And Dorka is a sweetheart. And Dorka is so, I, I, be ready for that. God bless you guys. And we'll uh, see you next time.